Hello and welcome to another edition of the Papa Biggs Podcast. I am Papa Biggs and we've got a great show with me and this guy. It's me, Son One, co-host of the podcast right here. Last we no longer broadcast, rapping fast with the Papa Biggs show. We're a blast. The number of fans we've amassed is quite vast. I talk with my dad about film and TV. You can listen to the show for free. Can't you see that me? My bars are as sweet as a peach tree. I talk about comics for an hour or three. All right, stop me if you've heard this one. I'm someone's son, son, I live in the sun. Nailed to the cross like a hot cross bun. I'm the fun one son that can't be outdone. Because my name is Sun One. Yeah, I am Sun One. You are Sun One. And what have we got coming up on today's show, Sun One? We're going to be doing a little bit of talking about what we've been watching and what we've been reading in the past few weeks. Yes, and because of lockdown tastic we've watched lots and lots, including Mm. an exciting new format of the way we watch things. Yeah. To be discussed. Yeah. What else? Uh, we're going to be looking at a sprinkle of film news. Oh yeah, a sprinkle. I don't like the sound of that, but go on. And we're going to be talking about something else. Okay, something else. Like it. Keep them in suspense. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, if they're those people, the Biggses and the the Biggses, the Biggses. once again, and the Wanners, Wanner and the Twoers, want to get in touch with us, how do they do that? If you want to give your opinion on anything we talked about on the show, or to tell us your trail of the week, or maybe what you've been watching or reading, you can tweet us at Bigs Papa, or write a comment in our Facebook group, The Papa Big Show. If you like the sound of any of the trailers we talked about, they're compiled into a playlist in our YouTube channel, The Papa Big Show. We're also The Papa Big Show on Pinterest, and The Papa Big Show on SoundCloud. Film news. Film news. Film news. Yeah, yeah, Marvel, DC, and Star Wars, Blade Runner, E.T. and Jones, Jurassic Park with dinosaurs, my faith film is Chef, what's yours? Star Trek, Gremlins, Avatar, Pixar films including cars, indie films from Cote d'Ivoire, now it's time for film news to start. Jesus, I sound so bored in that theme song at the Well, you have to do a new jingle then, you've got time. You've it got reminds time. me of the original trailers jingle. Well, there you go. There's your job for the next couple of weeks. You can do some new jingles. For everything? No, not everything. Just that one. Okay. And maybe another one. For? The new one we've got coming up. The the, the teased new segment that you've got coming up. Yeah, but I thought this was just a one-time segment. Well, who knows? Maybe it won't be. Maybe it will be back. Maybe it will be so popular that we'll do it every week. Anyway, there's there's been news. Uh, the Indiana Jones 5 film mm-hmm. was originally meant to come out this week. No way. Yeah, that was its original release date, was sometime this week. Oh, so it actually got made? No. Oh, right. What are you talking about? Well, I no, as in when it was first announced five years ago or whatever. Oh, They said it's right, coming out right, right, April right. 2020. Right. But it's been pushed back to 2022. Oh. Yes. And is Harrison, I don't mean to be horrible, but that's another two years. He's, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? He is, but they always have Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, well, maybe we can get somebody else. I don't maybe. know who. Who would be good? Who? There you go. Get in contact with us here at Papa Biggs mm-hmm. and let us know who would be the next best Indiana Jones. Who could it be? Who could it be? You know, um, a long time ago, probably about 20 years ago, I would have far, said... Far away? What? In a galaxy far, far away. You said a long time ago. Because this guy, Harrison Ford, he's also in Star Wars. Yeah, that's so. what he did, yeah. Now, I was going to say, um, Mummy era Brendan Fraser would have made a good Indiana Jones. Yeah, but nowadays he's... He's 27 stone. Yeah. Yeah. And old. And old as well, yeah. So, absolutely no point. So, yeah, get in touch with us. You, you know tell who would have made a good Indiana Jones? Who... That guy who was originally in a TV show in like the seventies, and he was originally going to be Indiana. Tom Jones. Selleck. Yeah, him. The Magnum. If Magnum I. Magnum P. If I knew his name, it would have been a really been good funny, one. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't. I forgot his name. Okay, Indiana Jones Five, released in twenty twenty two. Whatever that is, that's the far off future. Will that ever happen? When we're flying around in cars and stuff. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, not really. Oh, unfortunately not. Probably going to be... Maybe. In lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next bit of film news, please, someone. Okay, news number two. The second bit of news we have is that Disney, you know Disney. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're doing a live-action Robin Hood, the fox version, where Robin Hood is a fox. Live action. <laughs> it's just like beggar's belief. I know they were going through all their old catalogue mm-hmm. of, their, of their hits and they're like, let's do live action. We knew that. We knew that was coming. Yeah. But this just seems like, this st- why not just make the characters humans and yeah. do a live action Robin Hood? The whole point of the original cartoon was make them animals and do it as a cartoon. Because you can't have a fox Robin Hood in real life in the 60s or the 70s or whatever this was. What's the point? All right, so that would mean if they stick to the original settings uh, and the original kind of format, because you had pretty much the bear, which was um, Little John, was an exact replicate of Baloo the bear and done by the same guy. So will Bill Murray do Little John? Maybe. Ah, you see. That's a good, and who would good be thinking. a who would be a good fox? Uh, George Clooney. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, Clooney, because he was fantastic, fantastic Mr. Mr. Fox. fox. Yeah. Arr. But this is going to be a very different film. Yeah, I imagine it will be. Mm-hmm. Imagine it'll be pants. When's that due for release? Probably. Yeah, probably. Very far in the future. Okay. Will it just be a? Because there's Disney no films plus? anymore. Would it just be a Disney Plus thing like Lady and the Tramp? Probably not, because if they want to do full CGI animals, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, and like these films, Lion like King. Lion King, make mm. a lot of money. Lion King was just ridiculous. It made banks, and it's, it's not fat stacks. Not being directed by Mr. Favreau. It's being directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Who's he? He did Legion. He did Blind and Peach Spotting. Dragon. No. No, he oh. didn't. Oh, it's David Lowry. You can't read. No, I can't read. Next Blind spotting news. Okay. Star Wars is getting a new show. Okay. What? We don't know. We just know that it's being done by the person who co-created Russian Doll. And okay. And it's a new Star Wars show. All right. So we don't know what it is. It's just set in the world of Star Wars. Yes. And it's going to be female-centric. Right. That's all we know. Okay, so what what other Star Wars ones have we got in store? Are they still doing Boba Fett? Are they still doing no. Obi-Wan? Uh, they're still doing Obi-Wan, I think. Right. But Oh yeah, Mandalorian, Mandalorian can replace instead. Boba Fett. Yeah, and uh, that Cassian Andor one, the guy from Rogue One. Alright, yeah, okay. So, three shows, and maybe zero movies. Hmm, they do need a break from them. Hmm. There Which are fine. movies set in the future, but we they're like coming out in the future. We don't know what they are. But no. Yeah, there's a new Star Wars. Who would have guessed? Mm. Venom Two. Oh, good. It's called Let There Be Carnage. Let There Be Carnage. Who's going to be playing Carnage? Is it Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. Yes, I remembered. It was mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Uh, any images or any behind-the-scenes looks? Do we have we see what his costume looks there, like yet? There was a set Mr. photo. Kinnage. There was a set photo. What's well, Andy Circus is directing this one, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So well, maybe it might be interesting. Look, look at him, look at him. What the hell? <laughs> Just Google Venom Two set photo and have a look at Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson in a Hawaiian shirt with a huge big quiff wig on. Yeah. What's going on there then? I presume that's not his actual <laughs> Carnage costume. That's that's him as who's the who's the who's the character who is Carnage in the comics? Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> Why do they always have to? He looks names? like a Cletus. Cletus just like George Yukon. Yeah. So. Okay. The name of the film is. Do it again. Do it one more time. Let there be carnage. Let there be carnage. I think they've embraced the naffness. Mm-hmm. Of what they are, and they they, they realise that it was a huge hit because everybody realised, yeah, that's just stupid, mm-hmm. and we enjoy stupid films sometimes. It's okay, okay then. So this is coming out in next year. In the next year, which is twenty twenty one. Okay, 
It's more news then. J.J. Abrams. Oh, yes. Have you heard of HBO Max? HBO Max, the new streaming channel. Yeah, it's going to have loads on it. Well, this J.J. Abrams fella is making a Shining spin-off and a Justice League Dark property. I don't know, a show or movie, who knows? To HBO Max. Oh. Mm -hmm. I I don't know... I don't know what to say about that. The Shining spin-off is called Overlook. That was the name of the hotel. Yeah. The Overlook Hotel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I suppose, what's the um, the sequel of sorts, or whatever it was? Doctor Sleep. No, to Sleep. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Sleep. Doctor, yeah, that seemed to do all right. Mm-hmm. So we'll, Not financially, though. Will Obi-Wan be involved in that? Who knows? Ewan McGregor? Who knows? Okay. But this HBO thing, this HBO Max... Everyone wants a streaming service now. Yeah, but from the sound of it, it just sounds like it's... Uh, what what the heck's going to be on it? Who else should have a streaming service? Um, Channel 5? Maybe. That would be quality. Maybe. Uh, Cartoon Network? Well, the, all the Cartoon Network stuff is going to be on HBO Max. Ah, well, there you go. Including the Adventure Time sequel series, whatever that's called. I've forgotten its name. Uh, excited for that. And the regular show, um, the guy who made regular show is doing an adult show. Remember, the trailer came out like three years ago. I'm pretty sure we did it on here. Ages okay. ago. Maybe. Yeah, that's on there. Justice League Dark. Constantine? Yeah. He's cool. Swamp Thing? Yeah. He's yeah. cool. Oh, well, we'll we, we shall reserve du- judgment then, hey? Judgment. Judgment. Yeah. Reserve judgment. Okay. Final news. There's your title right there. Is that photos are here for the new film June. Dune. June. Dune. June. Dune. June. June. You Dune. decide. I'm I'm saying June. Are you in the June camp, as in San June? Yeah. Or are you in the Dune camp, as in San Dune? I'm in the June camp. I'm in the June camp as well, even though yeah. it's not going to change. It's a D. Crazy yeah. English language. So we got these pictures. You got a sad boy. <laughs> we got <laughs> a great nun. description. Sad boy and a nun, and a man, and a lady. Zendaya. Some people. A woman. They're not the most informative images, are they? We They're got just a showing man. characters, aren't they? That's Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa. That's John Isaac. Oscar Isaac. That's a funky spacesuit. Yeah, Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Oh, so it's an impressive cast. Zendaya. Yeah, Rebecca so. Ferguson. Timothy Chalamet. Wow. And, of course, oh, Xavier Bardem. And it's directed by Dennis Villeneuve. It's pronounced Denny. Dennis. Denny. Well, it depends. Obviously, that's how he pronounces it, because he's French-Canadian. But we pronounce it, because we're English, as mm-hmm. Dennis. Well, I'd say... And June. Yeah. <laughs> and he says... Jenny. Denis. Dun. That's how he pronounces it. Have you not heard him talk? Dun. <laughs> if you look at this uh, logo, mm. this poster, and you flip your head yeah. 180 degrees, it still says June. June. Or Dunk. Or Enod. 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 Or wow. Three Nod, actually, it says. If you turn it around, it says Three Nod, not June. But, um, no, yeah. would say. Obviously, a remake of the uh, original. Um, David Lynch. David Lynch film, which, of course, is an adaptation of the James Herbert novels. So, I don't know how true to the novels or true to the film it's going to stay. Probably somewhere in between. He, I thought he did a very good job of doing justice to both with uh, Blade Runner 2049. I thought he was closer to the book than the original film, but also incorporated, obviously, the original film as well. So, yeah, probably do the same with this. June. June, Dune. June, Dune. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Yeah. In a trailer when he goes, this coming for. Yeah, this is coming out this Christmas. Oh. If there is a virus still around, probably maybe not. not.
Okay. That's news. That was film news. Let's find out what we've been reading and what you're watching this past couple of weeks. What I've been reading. What I've been watching. What I've been watching. What I've been reading. What I've been reading. What I've been watching. What you've been watching, what you've been reading, what you've been watching. Oh yeah. Lots and lots. It is, of course, the only part of the show where we talk about what you've been watching and what we've been reading. And it's been Lockdown Central, so we've been watching lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Yeah. What have you been watching? You and Sun too have watched a few films on your own. What did you watch? Well, not on our own, but together with, Sun with too. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but without us. Well, you guys said we're gonna go and watch Spectre. We love James Bond. We're gonna go and watch Spectre. It's as if you were so, actually there. Sun yeah, too said, said. I don't want to watch Spectre. I've seen that hundreds of times. And I said, I don't want to watch Spectre. I've seen it never. Except for the start, when he's in this Day of the Dead celebration. Yeah. And we went upstairs. And you watched. And me, big X-Men fan, did not choose to see X-Men. It was Sun 2. Sun 2 said, let's watch X-Men. The original 2000 Brian Singer directed mm-hmm. film. Yeah, it's mm. a film. It's got Hugh Jackman. It's got Patrick Stewart. Ian McKellen. Yeah. Ali Berry. Guy from Sonic. It's got everyone. <laughs> and it is not as good as I remember. Really? Because, yeah, I hadn't seen this in a while. That's why we chose to watch it, because none of us, neither of us had seen yeah, the original 20 years old, in isn't it? a while. Mm. Yeah, but we did watch them a lot when we were wee little tykes. And, of course, things are different back then. You don't notice how stupid everything is. I will say, the first half of it is quite good, but the second half is pants. Mm-hmm. With the, the Statue of Liberty fighting when they're in the the Lady Liberty. Just having a bit Lady of a scrap. Lady of Minneapolis. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And Magneto's got a machine that can turn people into mutants. Um, when in the third film, there's a cure for mutants. Why don't they just use the thing that... It, it doesn't make sense. Um, this film is a mess. Okay. All right, and then you follow that up with X Two, oh. which is the one that I had probably seen the least amount of times, because I used to watch X Men Three all the time because it was my favourite one <laughs> really? when I was a young man. Yeah, so me and Son Two watched this, and whereas in the first one we were talking crap the whole time, just making jokes, this one both of us remained quiet the whole way through because it is surprisingly. A masterpiece. No, a masterpiece is pushing it a bit. Is it not just the fact that you haven't watched it very often that you just enjoyed it more because you haven't watched you watched the no. other two to death? It's uh, because I, I still watch this one. It, so you like this times. more and you think this is better because it's truer to the comics, is it? It's not true to the comics whatsoever. Okay. Uh, so this one's slightly different uh, because Magneto and Mystique are teaming up with the X-Men to defeat this crazy guy, William Stryker, who is a colonel that wants to kill all the mutants. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still got stupid campy stuff in there, but it's got some epic scenes, like Wolverine at the mansion stabbing a bunch of folks. Now, I complain a lot about Wolverine because he's in every X-Men film and he's the main character in everything, but sometimes it just doesn't matter if he's being cool. Okay. Which he is okay. in this. And this has got cool scenes with... Rogue and Iceman and Storm isn't annoying in it, which I found to be strange. Nightcrawler's cool. Magneto's cool. Cyclops isn't. You can't make this version of Cyclops cool because he's played by the guy from Sonic. (laughs) So I'm going to say this is a thumbs up all round. What a great film. And you followed that up with? A stinker. Ah, what a surprise. Mm. X-Men The Last Stand. I, I watched this X3. fairly recently when it was on the telly. Telly box. And I thought, yeah, that's bad, but it's not that bad. But this time, I thought it was... Pants. Absolutely, in every way, awful. Except one thing. Do you know what the one redeeming factor of this film is? Angel. 
Yeah, yeah, Angel's good in this film. Angel who gets no lines. And he's only there to be shirtless and fly out of a window. No, the only good thing about this film is Beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Fraser himself. Yeah, and he's really good in this. Yeah. Uh, It's directed by a sex pest. Do do you want to elaborate? No. Okay, who is it directed by? Brett Ratner. Are we are we going to get done for that? No. Has no. he been? Has he been? Has he been? Um, has he actually been done for being a sex pest, or is that just hearsay? Um, I don't know. I've not looked into this. Well, there you go. So that could be defamation of character, yeah. and that could mean litigation. Oh no. Yeah. He is an alleged sex pest. There you go. That's why. How the way you do it. Much like. Brian Singer, director of the first two, <laughs> who is an alleged sex pest. There's a theme going on here. That's right. In these movies. To direct X-Men, you need to be a sex pest. Allegedly. Alleged, alleged sex, sex pest. pest. Yeah. Nothing has been proven about either gentleman. The most annoying part about this film is that it wastes every single character. Mm-hmm. Storm, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Angel, Beast, Psylocke is in it for one scene. Mm. Um, Callisto. I don't know what that is. That's a lollipop. Anna Lay. Glob Herman. That fat guy. There's a scene where Magneto's at a rally and there's this huge fat guy and there's a tiny little seat and he's going to sit down and the people around him are like, oh, we need to squidge up a bit. But he's like, no, it's fine. And then he turns himself really skinny and sits down. Who's that supposed to be? Fat man. Oh. I can't really read his name. No, it's not. It's no. his character that's made up just for that one scene, so okay. they could do the joke oh. of a fat man becoming slim so he can sit down. Oh, it just makes sense. Why was he fat in the first place? Yeah. Why would he choose to Go be down. fat? Did he think, oh, I'll turn myself fat, it'll be a funny joke. It will display my mutant power to these guys, and they'll shove over for me to sit down, and then I'll be like, no, it's fine. I could turn myself skinny. Anyway, yeah. Last Stand is abysmal in every way, and I hate it. Okay, so while you were watching that, downstairs, me and your mama, we weren't watching Spectre, like we said we were going to do. <laughs> well, that we watched was... something else. Mm. We watched Red Dragon, which we hadn't seen before. Very much like Silence of the Lambs, and very much liked Manhunter, the Michael Mann version of the... Um, uh, well, I think it's this film, really, that... Um, uh, this is also directed rather strangely by Brett Ratner. We had a Ratner night. We had a Ratner night. Mm. Nonce night, allegedly. An alleged nonce night. <laughs> yeah. And this has re- Anthony Hopkins reprising his role as Hannibal Lecter. And in the, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Clarissa starring in the role. Um, Jodie Foster, that's her name. Uh, was Edward Norton. He was the uh, FBI agent looking for a serial killer who asks Mr. Anthony Hopkins for help. So instead of saying, hello, Clarice, does he say, hello, FBI agent, looking for asking questions? No, because it also has, it's a prequel. So that's interesting. So it's set before the other film, set before Silence of Lambs. And it actually, uh, these two have history, this FBI agent and and Mr. Hopkins. And it sets that up from the very start. It was okay. It was, it was, yeah, it was okay. The, the good thing about it is we thought it had finished. And we thought, that's the lamest, worst ending I've ever seen. But it wasn't the end. And I'm not talking about like um, a, a bad guy getting up because you think he's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like a whole different scene establishing a whole different thing. So like that was... it, did it purposely <clears throat> trick you into thinking it ended? Yeah. So it's like I'm caught in a trap. Where it's got it the was false, false ending. ending. Yeah. 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 It was. Well, we were suspicious Realist. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, we watched that and it was okay. It's not as good as Science of Lambs. It's not as good as Manhunter, but it was. Okay, now what else did we watch? Well, you watched something else on your own with Hell the yeah. bro. Me and the boy watched Dive and Wimpy Kid Dog Days. Okay. When Disney Plus first came out, we watched Roderick Rules, which is the second film 
and Dog Days dropped onto Disney Plus it last dropped. week. Yeah, finally. So we watched Diary of Wimpy Kid Dog Days. So this is the third film, is it? Correct. All right. And it is not as good as Roderick Rules, because Roderick Rules is... Rules. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's a masterpiece <laughs> of cinema. Yeah, it is. It's, it seriously is. Uh, but Dog Days is still pretty good. The worst part about it is that it's called Dog Days, which is a lie, because the dog has about five minutes of screen time. Okay. Ridiculous. It mostly focuses on Greg Heffley breaking into a summer resort and causing havoc, spending $250 on smoothies, which are billed to his friend's dad, and he lies about having a job, and he lies about everything, and he's an awful human being. That's the thing about these wimpy kid books and films, isn't it? Greg Heffley, the, the person we're supposed mm-hmm. to sympathise with, he's a bit of a tool, isn't he? Well, I don't think you're meant to sympathise with him. I think he's... It's like Joker, really. Greg Heffley is like Joker. Joker. Yeah, yeah, he really is. He, um, he's, he's Joker when he was a kid. Because all of the bad things that happen to Greg Heffley happen as a result of him lying or doing something bad. And he constantly makes awful decisions. And at and the end of each grows. film, or the end of each book, he learns from his mistake and then ends up doing it again in mm-hmm. the next book. Yeah. So he clearly hasn't learned from his mistakes. Well, and he's obviously just a horrible person. He never learns from his mistakes. It's not like at the end of this film it's like... Yeah, I'm never going to lie again. That doesn't happen. It ends with... Um, oh, it ends with a Sweet 16 party. Um, <laughs> that sounds wrong. Where Roderick rules... Roderick himself is singing Baby, but he's doing like a rock cover, you know, by Justin Bieber at this girl's Sweet 16. Is it with Loaded Diaper? Yes. Yeah. And then he goes absolutely mental and he destroys this ice sculpture... And then the chocolate fountain drops and chocolate goes Comedy goals. Comedy yeah. goals. So you watched that, you two idiots. Okay, I don't think well that you done. should. It's a great film. Yeah, of course it is. In all ways. Well, what did you choose to watch, Dad? What, what great <laughs> film did you watch? <laughs> so I made all three of you watch this with me. It was the 1986 original Highlander. There can be only one, but there wasn't. There was three or four sequels, wasn't there? There was. Yeah. How many? Highlander 2, The Quickening. Highlander 3, The Sorcerer. There was a TV show. Yeah. Highlander Endgame. Highlander The Source. The Name of the Rose isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Rain of the Rose is a really good film. So there anyway. was four sequels. Uh, TV a TV series. show that ran for six years. Wow. There you go. Anyway, this Why? is... Christophe Lambert as uh, Conor MacLeod, the um, immortal Scottish sourceman. Who can't act. Yeah, it's not his first language, to be fair. Do you know, before he started, before he signed on to do this film, he couldn't speak a word of English. Why did they choose it? (laughs) Although it's madness, isn't it? And you've got Sean Connery. He's the weirdest bit of, of casting ever. You choose a Frenchman to play a Scotsman, and you choose a Scotsman to play an Egyptian Spaniard. What's that about? And a, an American to play a, a Russian. It's just like, what, why? 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 What are you thinking of? The only thing that, I mean, it's aged terribly. Absolutely, really, really badly. The effects are poor. Uh, the acting, like you say, is very poor. Yeah. The Queen soundtrack dates it terribly as well, and oh, then yeah. and then you've got the only thing I like about it still is Clancy Brown as this over the top, um, absolute ridiculous bad guy. I think he's uh, he's quite funny. So. I will say it's the worst film ever, but I enjoy watching it. Well, that, that, I think that's what the point was. It was a huge hit at the time, crazy because it's just it was just good fun, mental, and it, and it obviously hadn't. You know, it didn't look as dated back then. It was quite cutting edge in the 1986. <laughs> but yeah, because it was trying to be cool, it, uh, it, it that never ages well. It reminded me of The Room, because you got this main character <laughs> doesn't speak very good English. Got hair. Yeah, okay, I can see that. He's whining about 
his problems. It's edited a bit better than the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some guys edit some nice cuts between the, oh, yeah, the different the transitions. Were yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Between the different uh, time zones are great. Yeah. yeah. Like with the, the smashing of the glass that goes to another scene. Yeah. And it's the only one I remember, but there were well, some. Well, there's, there's, there's transitions that move, like uh, you've got a tilt and it tilts up behind mm-hmm. a wall and then it, it appears behind another wall like mm-hmm. 300 years earlier or something. It was like absolutely bat. Yeah, poo crazy. That poo crazy. Yeah. Okay, so we watched that. And then Well, this film it was the it was the turning point. It was the last straw for Mama Biggs. She was sick and tired of you <laughs> having to choose Papa Biggs. I'm really out of films. Picking films, saying <laughs> yeah, it's class, right? I watched it back in the eighties, me and our kid. I mean, amazing. <laughs> uh, I, but the boys and boys and Mama Biggs you're gonna love it. And then you put it on, you haven't seen it in 80 years, and it's it's dog poo. Right, so Mum has this new method, which you may have got from another podcast. We are not promoting other podcasts, only listen to us. Anyway, this new system, where how many many members of the household, you write down three films you want to watch on a piece of paper, fold up that piece of paper, and put them in a receptacle. Jiggle it around, and then over the course of well, for us, 12 days or 12 evenings of where we choose to watch a film, we pick one out. Now, there are rules enforced. What are the rules? The rules are number one, you are not allowed to complain during the duration of the film, you must watch all the films, even if you don't want to, every single one, all the way through. That's right. And rule number three, you're only allowed one break. To go for a wee or get a snack or whatever. And the film. And the last one is we change seats each time. Yeah. So you sit somewhere different. Normally, what you normally has a normal spot. Yeah. So you have a different point of view each time as well. So there were the rules, and that was what we did. So we brought them down, and then we chucked them in a tin, and then we give the tin a shovel. And a shovel. A I said a shovel. Mm. Okay. As is a Jaffa cake tin, but any other tin will work. That's right. And then uh, we got our snacks ready. And then the first one pulled out of the tin by Sun 2 was indeed the Breakfast Club. And that was his what? choice. You started laughing and you were like, Come on! Beautiful boy! Because you weren't expecting. <laughs> I was not expecting. I was expecting real some film. absolute dross. We were joking beforehand that he was going to pick Sausage Party three times. <laughs> <laughs> but now he picks the Breakfast Club. And I'm going, Come on! And so we watched the Breakfast Club. And it was great. It, this is a film from 1985, which hasn't dated as much as other films. It still speaks because it's about a theme. Yeah, because it's about themes of being young and about trying to be at school and trying to live as a teenager. Nothing's changed. At all, then. because it's still the same. And it's really lovely drawn. It's brilliantly written. Directed, of course, by John Hughes, king of the teen movie. And it stars young people, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and um, Michael C. Hall, and Ali Sheedy. All brilliant as well. And of course, you've got Clarence Beats as the, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. excuse me a minute. Just, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, the best scene the in any from, film. Uh, in Trading Places, yeah. He's also the, uh, <laughs> uh, the principal. In so, this? In this, yeah. So, is this set in the same universe as could be, Ferris Bueller? Could be. Could well be. Anyway, it's funny, it's sad, it's poignant, It's it's got some great little moments in it. It's uh, a masterclass in writing characters. Yeah. Because these five people, by the end of the hour and a half or whatever, you feel like you know them. Mm. You feel like you have sat in that room, in that breakfast club, Speaking to these people, and you've connected with them. And all of them are not perfect. All of them have got their problems. All of them have got these issues. They're flawed masterpieces. They are indeed. And by the end of it, we're just like, we're rooting for them all. Mm. Uh, Including the janitor who pops up. Carl the janitor who pops up a couple of times. He's great as well. Anyway, did you notice, probably not, 
But when in the title sequence, when it's just showing you still images around the school and it shows you some like old yearbook, the guy right in the middle of the yearbook is Carl the janitor. Is it? Yep. You go back and have a look at that one. Okay. All right. There's one little Easter egg to look out for you there, children. Okay. okay so that was the first one we pulled out. So we were off to a flyer and all four of us love that. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, we said, right, come on, we enjoyed it so much, let's, two in a row. It wasn't and the next night, actually, we had a break not? in between. Okay, whatever, the next do, film night. You had to do a, a Zoom meeting, oh, yeah. where you did a film quiz. Oh yeah, that's right. And, or something. And I came third. Yeah. Damn. Okay, um, <clears throat> so we did it again, we did it all the same routine, and we made sure we were sat in different places, and then we picked, well, some, some two, two picked out... Another film. And what was it? It was his choice again. Was it Sausage Party? No. no. It was The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And I'm stunned, amazed and very surprised. And incredibly pleased. And I'm like, come on, let's watch this. And it's, uh, uh, yes. Mm, that's a shorter version. We saw the full three hour Why version. Why didn't we watch the shorter version? No, we watched the better version. The full three-hour version we watched, 1966, Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef and Eli Wallach are said good, bad and ugly. And directed, of course, by Sergioni, the classic Spaghetti Western. Is this your first ever Spaghetti Western, someone? Probably. Um, I have seen Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Stupid boy. Okay, so that's a yes. And of course, uh, this is one that Sun Tzu hadn't seen either. And he's like, yeah, I just fancy watching that. I'm like, yes. And all four of us enjoyed that. Mum uh, said an interesting comment. Mm-hmm. She said, is it just an okay film with a brilliant soundtrack? And I said, no, it's a good film with a brilliant soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It's good. Didn't like it as much as The Breakfast Club. No, that's fine enough. Uh I thought it was dated. I'm well, kidding. yeah, this yeah, from the eighteen seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this doesn't happen nowadays. Um, how am I meant to watch this? No, it was good. I liked. Well, I actually didn't like any of the characters. They're all assholes. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, the good is not really that good at all. Yeah. He is definitely comparatively good. Compared yeah, to but he's the um, other uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And so this was the the third film made in the. Uh, the Man With No Name trilogy, as it is nominally known. His name's Blondie. Well, that's just a nickname, isn't it? And, and it, there's one line in it where the the captain of uh, the Union Army says, what are your names? And it's he just smiles at him. He doesn't give it him. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know his name, not in all three films. The other two are A Fistful of Dollars and A Few, few Dollars, dollars more. more. In that order. Okay, so it's Fistful of Dollars, the first film. A Few Dollars More was the second film. And this was the third film, but this is actually a prequel. Two a fistful of dollars. Is it the same bloke? It's it's yeah, they're all the same. Clint Eastwood is the same guy. It's the same character, yeah. But he, he he develops in this film compared to the the others. So we see the start of him, whereas the other two, he's the same character. And that character is the one we see at the very end of this film, with the poncho and the quick draw, and the new hat, and that's him in the other two films. That's not really the character though. That's yeah, but how he looks. It, yeah, but he's also. That that nicer guy and that cooler guy from it, mm-hmm. so which he develops into at the end of this film. Anyway, it's absolutely amazing, and the the editing and the scene at the end with the three of them in the gunfire it, is brilliant bit of editing. I mean, you wouldn't like, get away with that nowadays because it's so long. It was just two and a half hours of build up to one amazing scene mm-hmm. of the. Do, 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 do. Amazing music, yeah. Don't, don't, don't. The shooting, yeah, yeah. Don't, I was spoil it. Somebody, somebody might have seen it. When the scene happens, the what the scene in the graveyard, mm-hmm. and it started happening, I was like, I actually don't know how this ends. Like, everyone knows this scene, but I don't know who comes out. Good, so it it was perfect, yeah, it's brilliant because that that's the perfect place to be, knowing that there's that cool scene at the end, but not knowing who comes out on top because that means that the first two and a half hours is all building up to this one epic scene, mm-hmm. and you know that it's coming, but you don't know where it's going. you know all three of them are uh, handy with a gun, don't you yeah, 
and you don't know it because they keep getting one up all the way through, don't they? They keep mm-hmm. getting one up on each other. And you at like various it points because it's a war film as well. It's kind of yeah, it's yeah during the American war. Civil War. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we was, watched that. Was it good? Was it bad? Or was it ugly? It was amazing. That's, That's going to be the new thumbs up, thumbs down, thumb in the middle for trailers. Good, bad, bad or, or ugly. ugly in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Go on then. Number four. So me three. So we continued with the tin because we're going, yes, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. Sun Tzu's uh, cinematic genius. He is. And then then we pulled the third one out and it wasn't Sun Tzu's third one. No, it was Mama Biggs' first choice. And oh my, my, the films just keep on coming. It was The Man in the White Suit, 1951, E-Ling comedy classic starring Alec Guinness. Now, I've seen this film many times. It is actually my favourite eating comedy. There you go. So I'm going, come on, three in a row. Three of my fave films. Loving this. Well, it's, 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 well, it was billed as that. Maybe it's a commentary. It, well, it certainly is. It definitely is a commentary of the time. And it's also drama as well. So and in the North. And even right calls it a science fiction, which is interesting as well, isn't it? And so, yes, yeah, set it north in mill towns. Wow. Up here, where Aye, we are. Where we are. Crazy. And it is, it is a wonderful little film. Just so beautifully nuanced and nice and simple, but just bubbles along like his machine beautifully. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so mum, being the old fashioned kind of gal she is, she likes her old black and white movies. Mm. And oh, I yes. really like this as well. And so did Son too, which was even more of a pleasure that you two realised that this is something you would never have watched in a million years. And you realise that actually maybe That's all black and white films aren't that bad. I've seen half of Kind Hearts and Coronets. Half of it. I've seen the black and white scenes from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, Does it count? Emil and the Detectives. Watch yeah, that. School. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. All right. I get the point. Anyway, we watched that. Logan, it was brilliant. We watched Logan Noir. Remember <laughs> Logan Noir. That remember? really doesn't count. So this was three in a row. Fantastic. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Well, the whole point of this was to stop Dad from picking films, and the next film that was picked out of the tin was one of dads so, the, so we pulled the name out something's like stripes <laughs> and then dad's like come on stripes yes that's one of mine bill murray comedy ivan reitman oh it's carol ramis john candy john candy, john john candy. John candy. Mom, what more mom, can you ask for? mom biggs is like oh so it's so is it good and you're like it's got john candy bill murray it must be good Watched it ages ago with our kid. (laughs) (laughs) So this is 1981. Yeah. Wow, it's dated, hasn't it? Not only is it dated, but it's also incredibly inappropriate, especially to watch with my 14-year-old son. Yeah, double A. What does that mean? 15. Uh, Yeah. I thought that meant like all ages. No, it means 15 back then. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was... (laughs) So there's lots of Jesus, boobies and things, yeah. lots of misogynistic sexism, uh, and even a, a spot of racism as well, just for good measure. Classic. Yes. Yeah, it hadn't aged well, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, yeah. So, Dad, who's supposed to be some kind of, I don't know, film connoisseur, yeah, is the one who goes and ruins film night. Forever. Forever and ever. So three quality films pulled out of the bag. And then when it comes to my turn, I went and ruined it. So you all hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that the start of it wasn't bad. It was kind of just okay. Mm -hmm. But then it's bad. (laughs) I I actually kind of like the fact that my choice was rubbish. I do, I kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so let's move quickly on. So we then draw another name out of the tin. Mama Mama Biggs. And it's Mama's Biggs, his second one. And again, being the old-fashioned girl. And I predicted, I knew it would be this one, because this is her favourite film. She said, yeah. Yes. So this is Powell and Pressburger's brilliant A Matter of Life and Death from 1946, starring David Niven and Kim Hunter. And the fabulous, fabulous, 
Roger lives here. Yes, he's the doctor, by the way. I know. Yes, he's. Uh, it's so quintessentially English, and there's a there's a, a large part of it is 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 a lot about that about what does it mean to actually be English, especially the 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 trial bit at the end, where it's uh, because they they make quite a few films like that because they are very quintessentially English. You can so tell by their it, names. Yeah, Powell and Pressburger, Emmerich and Michael. Emmerich Pressburger was, I think he was, um, uh, he was Czechoslovakian or something, an immigrant. So, obviously Michael Powell. Yeah, anyway, they, uh, it, it's, yeah, she mum's favorite film and she still loves it. And I like it. It's not my favorite Powell and Pressburger. My favorite Powell and Pressburger is The Life, Death of Colonel Blimp, which stars Roger Livesey. No, they're not. Um, I will say that the first third was great mm-hmm. the second third was good and the third third was not would it not just be the third no, <laughs> no. the third third the third it's just see it comes out of nowhere and it's it's more of a the, the actual like debate about nationality and patriotism and uh, like discriminating against other countries and stuff like that, it sort of comes out of nowhere for me because it's not present in the other two thirds. So the other two thirds seem to be more leaned towards what it means to be alive and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and think about when it was made. Forty-six. So what had just happened? There was um, a war, I think. <laughs> a world war. Yeah. And what was everybody doing? They were reconciling how to get on with each other. Mm-hmm. They were reconciling why did we have this war? And that was all about life and death, and it was all about nationality. Was this the first film where the, 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 they saved the day with love? Was it the first film? No, I don't think so. Okay, I think so that's then that's inexcusable, I will say, because I hate it when love saves the day. <laughs> because it's it's not because I'm uh, negative or whatever, or pessimistic. It's because it's lazy to just go, oh, there's terrorists that's what you mean that's what you mean it's okay we but said we loved them you're right but you're also thinking about like there's a moral duty of filmmakers at this time as well during the war and just after the war because we're actually trying to make people feel better about themselves because we're Mm. still in depression and we've still got bombed out cities and we've still got hardly any food and rationing and we've still got absolutely horrible lives so there was still that kind of you know there are other good things in life as well don't forget we've got each other and all that kind of thing and although we we had a bit of a barney we fell out other nationalities are all right as well (laughs) so it was a moral responsibility as well and yeah it is a little bit dated in terms of like you know very simplistic in terms of it's a feel-good film mm-hmm. and the 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 three act structure as you pointed out is very different it's not formulaic in any way sh- shape or form it, it does kind of you know veer off and do different things which is not what we're used to the weird sometimes, French guy and sometimes it's great yeah and sometimes it, it works and sometimes it doesn't so I get what you mean but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite happy to go along with that rather wordy and a little bit static and a little bit mm-hmm. less interesting third act mm-hmm. I did like the weird structure of this heaven and the way it all looked. I thought it looked great and the sort of like industrialization of it, sort of. Yeah. I thought that was quite interesting. And the switches from black and white to colour and all that. Mm-hmm. The characters were for the most part pretty damn good. So Okay. I'm not saying I didn't like it. No. I did. No. I think Sun Tzu thought it was alright as well. He said he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> he did for a bit, but he got there eventually, didn't he? Did he? I, I think that he probably thought it was okay. Yeah. Because it's not like that. the last bit was going to make him change his mind. <laughs> no, because the most complicated bit. <laughs> Alright. So then, um, we, well, we've got two more, haven't we? We've got two more. Yeah. Alright, stay with us, people. Stay with us. I know we're not going to do all 12. We have not got that far yet. But the next poem, pull out the hat, was your first film. Finally, it taken five films. Yeah, that's right. And what did you? And what was it? I had chosen Prisoners. Yes, the uh, Dennis film, the twenty thirteen. Denny. 
Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal starring Thriller. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very good. Uh, none of us had seen this one before. No. None of us at all. And Oh, yeah, we forgot that um, one of the criteria was it had to be on one of the uh, streaming services. Or, oh, yeah, we had to DVD be able collection. to watch it. Yeah, that was one of the set criteria. Uh, so, yeah, so um, a, a great thriller um, mm-hmm. about uh, Hugh Jackman's missing daughter and his friend's missing daughter. And Jake Gyllenhaal is the detective assigned to try and find them and we have lots of twists and turns yeah it was so tense and there were so many different elements to this ongoing mystery i thought it worked really well i said it when it ended when we were talking about how all the plot lines tied together i said that i thought that the writer had on purpose put red herrings in there to try and make it seem more like a real investigation or something but because i had no I couldn't see how they would all be tied mm. together into the, the final big reveal. Yeah, that's what the good thing about it was. So it kept revealing something else. And like you say, it could have been a red herring or it could have been nothing else. But it was just, it was something else and it was completely different. But it was mm-hmm. all tied in. It's just that it didn't make sense on their own until you start to understand the whole holistic view of what this crime mm. actually was. It's very stressful. Like very stress-inducing, quite hard mm. to watch, and all, even even when it's not something that's being shown on screen, that's like viscerally making you feel something. It's just the whole investigation and the building tension of what's going on around it. It yeah, well acted as well. Something. Yeah, well acted as well, and nobody's black and white in this. Nobody's perfect. Uh, nobody's black and white. They're all. Grey people. All oh, grey, boring people. All right, then. So that was Prisoners. We all, all of us liked that one. All four of us Jeez. thought that was jolly, jolly good. So Which so leads far, us to our last one so far in our tin film This challenge. has been the most controversial one so far because we either all liked or all hated Stripes, um, the ones so far. That's right. So this is the first one that has caused the divide uh-huh. In our household. So this was your second choice. You had two on the bounce. Yes. And Lou, son two, pulled out... Inglorious Bastards. The 1978 Italian war no, film. I clearly said Inglorious Bastards. Not the Inglorious Bastards. I said Bastards with an E. I know. So it's clearly the 2009 okay. Quentin Tarantino film it's okay. a war yeah it's which a war and it's, film. it's a second world war film so it's an absolute shock that i don't like this it. is a bad film i do not like i didn't say it was a bad film i say i don't like it ah. there is a difference there is i can recognize a difference I'm sorry all right so i don't like it all right i will say why i don't like it in a moment but mm-hmm. let's explain so mummy thought it was okay all right, Boo Kid, he liked it, and you liked it. Thought it was very good. Yeah, okay. Uh, now, I'm not averse to uh, Mr. Tarantino, but obviously he has his own style of filmmaking, okay, which is stolen for everybody else. And I do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I do like Reservoir Dogs, I do like Pulp Fiction, I do like Jackie Brown. But I really don't like this. You said? Hmm. Do you tell? Well, there are two scenes in this which I think are absolutely brilliant. And I also think Christoph Waltz, who is really the star of this film, is also absolutely brilliant in this. And he's absolutely fantastic. He's, he's terrifying. Mm-hmm. He's so such a nice, terrifying, which is what makes him so terrifying, because he's actually really nice. But this sinister, well, he's his niceness... Well, no... No, he comes across as, you know, he's educated, he's, uh, he's got taste, he's got culture, and he's and he uses it like the really passive-aggressive approach of like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, being really nice to people. Would you like a glass of milk? Or would you like some strudel? And all this kind of thing, when clearly he's just absolutely nasty and horrible. Uh, but, yeah, and the, those two scenes I really like are the opening scene, which is incredibly tense, and the scene with Michael Fassbender, where they're in the bar, in the basement bar. I like that one too. There are many scenes to this. And it's very stagey and it's very static and it's not very cinematic in a lot of it, Mm -hmm. which I don't have a problem with. But 
it it really feels like it's very bitty. Yeah, it's not all out action. It's no, it's I, got I, chapters, which is fine. But it it you can make that all tied together, and I thought that the, the um, cinema owner girl was underused, and she, surely she should have been the main thread, because she starts off with her, and it should have followed through, uh, and she was an interesting character which they didn't do anything with. I thought, and I like Brad Pitt, but he was just hamming it up and being silly. Uh, and the comedy that's supposed to be there, uh, I don't think sits very well. I, I don't think it, comedy. Well, he's clearly trying to be funny with some aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And if he isn't, well, then it's just ridiculous well, and I, stupid. I think it is meant to be ridiculous in parts. Yeah, I know. I it's, think... it's clearly the caricatures, and it's obviously not real because mm-hmm. this never happened. Did it not? Uh, clearly. So I, I realise that. But I, I I don't think it works. I know lots of people do. I don't know. Lots of people like it. And they love Quentin Tarantino and all his stealing. But even even like the, the, the music and things like that, it's, and, and the way it's put together, it's just, it's just been done before. And that's not to say that there's nothing wrong with that. The opening scene, the one that you said is very good, mm-hmm. is the same opening scene as The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Yeah, I know. It's, there's loads of spaghetti western stuff nicked, even the music and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And also the, the tension music at the end, uh, where you've got the, the cinema sequence, is taken, lifted directly from Kelly's Heroes. But you can't make something completely original. Why and not? And something isn't No, but you can at least bad. try to make something completely original. I'd rather somebody it's, try it's to make something completely, to original. completely original. No, it's not. It's, it's completely opposite. And all of his films... Are completely unoriginal because I think Tarantino is a big fan of other film films, as a, and as then a he just thing. says, "I like that. I'm going to use that. I like that from that film. I'm going to use that." And then yeah, he puts them all together in a patchwork. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And in my opinion, this doesn't. And you're entitled and I also, to your opinion. I am, and I also think his excessive use of violence in this one is is out of. Out of, completely out of step with the excessive use of violence of the others. Well, I don't think that. And I tell you why, even though. Excessive. Well, I do. What carving swastikas onto people's foreheads and showing every bit of it, scalping people and showing every little bit of it, well, it's, stabbing it's, people repeatedly in the face. Well, repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, it's excessive and it's pointless because they were the the reason I have a problem with this particular violence is he was doing it for laughs. And I have a problem with that. Well, if it's against Nazis, who are known yeah, as the worst people... It doesn't matter. On Earth. It doesn't matter. Because it's it's people perpetrating evil on other people, even though those people are evil. It doesn't matter. Well, that's and war. It, that's what happens in war. Yeah, I know. And, and when you have violence in war, then you make it so it is... You don't do it for laughs, do you? You don't do it for comedy value. Which is where the comedy is supposedly in. And a lot of it is supposed to be with the violence. And I don't like that. Well, I definitely get that from Eli Roth's character, the crazy baseball bat guy. There's loads of it. Who I don't like. Even Brad Pitt. But I th- who I, carves swastikas on people's foreheads. I don't, I don't see that as comedy. I didn't see that as a comedic but Clearly, He's clearly playing that for laughs. Especially right at the end with the Christoph Waltz character. Spoilers, but um, but I, I, yeah, I, re- I I really find it distasteful. And then you also, I mean, I mean perhaps I'm prejudiced in terms of I, I know some of the background information about this film as well, which really irritates the hell out of me because it's not very nice in terms of like violence and it's supposedly funny and it's just not very nice. What do you mean? What's the background? Do you know where? Um, uh, again, spoilers, so I'll switch off if you don't want this spoiling, but it is an old film, uh, where the um, German film actress gets strangled to death by Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. Yeah? The close-up on her face, where she's really struggling, and, yeah, that is Quentin Tarantino's hands, and he really is strangling her, just so he can get the shot of what oh. it looks like. So... That prejudices me against it. And this is what I'm talking about. The violence in it, it for me, is just... I, 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 don't, I don't like it and I don't see well, it. Well, I do not like, like it. Quentin okay. Tarantino from what I know about him. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard is negative. Especially how 
who like writes women and treats women in well, his yeah. films. There you go. But I don't think that every film. You need uh, to be able I'm to not... separate. This is a, an age-old argument. Can yeah. you separate the person from the art? Yeah. Yes. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. You can. We when watched... I when I see his personality on the screen like that, and his point of view, his worldview, mm -hmm. that's what turns me off. Yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. And when I see something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where clearly the performances and the personalities of the main characters played by and the actors played by DiCaprio and Pitt come through much stronger and Margot Robbie then I see their personalities in that film rather than his they're the ones who bring the words to life and they're the ones who bring those characters to life rather than the director whereas this film is all about him and this is his voice and that's why I absolutely detest mm -hmm. it well the Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are quite similar in the fact that they're both meant to be odes to cinema yeah, not as real. a medium. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's what I say. Because I, that's why I say I get it. But it, it doesn't work for me because of that. I find mm -hmm. it distasteful and I do not like it. Okay? Yeah, and you, you're allowed to not like it. Exactly. And, and it doesn't mean I don't I, think it's a good piece of filmmaking. It is. Technically, he's always brilliant. Mm -hmm. He's always brilliant, technically. It's just that personality-wise, this is the one that I see more of his personality in, and that's why I do not like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on. That is the end of our tin film challenge. That is so far. We'll update you next time with how we get on, because we don't know what we're going to get. Well, I know what one film will be. And I know what two more films are going to but be. We're at a problem. We're at a point in the road now. Where Sun Two has said that his third film he doesn't want to watch, <laughs> yeah. and he picked it because he needed to pick three films, and I picked my third film is one that I am lukewarm about, mm. and I picked it because I didn't have much time and I need to pick a third film. Well, and my... two of them are chosen by you, yeah. So mom, four of them have the and mum's other one. Mum's other one. She hasn't seen either. Mm -hmm. So all five of them. <laughs> could be. Well, I know one of mine is absolutely fantastic. You know, I know, I know that for sure, for sure. Okay, absolutely okay. nailed on. All right, the other one is another one of dad's. Um, I haven't seen it for a long time, but it, I ah. thought it was good. <laughs> Who knows? Could go either way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So that's what we've been reading. That's the ten. What have you been? Oh, that's what we've been watching. I said what we've been reading. Yes. And what I meant to say was, that's what we've been watching. What have you been reading? I have read a digital-only graphic novel by the name of Afterlift. Not Afterlife. No, Afterlift. Okay, Afterlift. It's a pump. These are doors open. Because... And you get out. They get in a lift in a... Uh, in a... Like, it's an Uber-type car. It's... It's okay. Uber, but they can't call it Uber. So, this was 99p. Very cheap. Because there's a virus and people are indoors and people need things to read. So this comicsology original, written by Chip Zadarsky, with art by Jason Liu and Paris Elaine, is about a an Uber driver who um, gets offered a job by this guy who is a demon, who is transporting a soul to hell. Okay, so, and he needs an Uber to do that. Yeah, he does. Obviously, to get the soul that to is hell. the tried and tested uh, delivery system from Earth to Hell. Yes. Yeah. So this girl uh, drives this guy who does, she doesn't know is a demon yet. These two people to Hell. They find out what's going on, and she finds out that this girl is actually innocent. She she doesn't deserve to go to Hell. So she has to get away from the the demon who's done the job like asked her to do this and she needs to get this girl to heaven and there's angels in it will the angels be friendly will they help out and there are other demons in it who don't like the other demon and they don't like the girl because she so did you get a whole story for united p it wasn't just like a first issue no, and then you got to buy the rest all right we're good full thing and how many pages were it um like 250, oh, yeah. so 200. It's a full graphic, full graphic novel. novel yeah. yeah, very good then. Yeah. A bargain. Or yeah. was it? Was it any good? Yeah, I, I liked it. The artwork is very good. I like um, Paris Elaine's colour work. It's a very colourful book. You know, you get me. 
and it's also very grainy. I like when you got grains on the colour, like it's like old paper. All right, you yes, know? I know what you mean. I yeah. think that looks pretty cool. And I like the story. I think Chip Zdarsky is a pretty good writer. Uh, but it's it's certainly not his best work. It's very... How American can he be? He Chip is, Zdarsky. He's very American, yeah. Um, I thought it was all right. It's okay. Okay. Pretty good. All right. It's not a masterpiece, but it is uh, after Lift. Lift. <laughs> okay. What did you read? Thanks. I'm waiting for that. That's all. It's just like, Sorry. go on then. Sorry. When you're ready. Sorry. <clears throat> I read An Unreliable Man. Oh, the irony. So, uh, this is by a Norwegian writer, Jostein Garner, who some of you may know from Sophie's World. Or, as Christmas I know mystery. from the Christmas Mystery. That's right, our, our perennial favourite at Yuletide. Yes, which we I read was when you were little. Maybe half of, mm-hmm. but then we before. gave up because we missed the day because yeah. we went to read a chapter a day. Yeah, we don't have to, but that's... You that. have to. Okay. Anyway, this is a really wonderful story, just like most of them, but this is not some whimsical, lovely story for children. Oh, no, no, no. This is about Jakob, who is a very strange and lonely man. Uh, from, divorced from his friend with no friends, but he... he, he, he he has his companion. Divorced with his friend with no friends. Divorced with his wife with no friends. With no wives. With no wives or friends. Okay. And it starts off, it says about his his, um, his best friend, Pella. And the way it reveals who this Pella is is really strange. And then also that he, I mean, he just talks about, uh, it's like a correspondence with um, this woman he meets. Uh, and so it reveals, slowly reveals that, because uh, she first meets this woman at um, a funeral, and it slowly starts to reveal that he goes to a lot of funerals, because that's his thing, <laughs> even when he doesn't know these people. And it's, so it's, it's like very strange. No, 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 not at the... all. Not at all. It's not like that at all. And he's also a linguist. So there's long chapters about explaining language and where language comes from. Which kind of slows it down a little bit, because the underlying story where where this goes is really dark and sinister. But this guy's like this really strange academic who goes on about language and how language evolves and things like this. And it's a real strange balance between the two. But it, I, I do like the way it reveals these really sinister aspects of this guy all the way through, like four or five points where you go, what the what now? But uh, which you don't see coming at all. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, as the man suggests, as the name suggests, we're never really sure whether he's telling the truth or not. So you're on edge all the time. It's very strange. So there you go. That's what I read on Revival M. Very good. So it looks like we're near the end of the show. Oh, my word. We don't have time for that other segment, which oh. we might have done. Oh. Which we said we were going to do. But we didn't. But we're not doing it. Well, maybe we'll do it Forget next it. time. Or maybe trailers will be back. Who knows? And we will continue with the Tin Film Challenge. Who knows what we'll get. Join us again next time on the Papa Big Show. We'll see you next two weeks. Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite.